0: Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting.
1: But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you what's your feeling at some point in time because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, August 29th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, Coming up on the show, we're going to be diving into Tulsa. Uh, Dakota Gregory from Tulsa World uh, covers Tulsa for that newspaper. Uh, We'll join the show in the third segment to bring us some insights. Uh, Second segment, I will talk about uh, a piece I wrote for Spartans Wire, just kind of it's basically a primer on Tulsa, and so I'll uh, bring some of those things uh, into a segment. Some stats, some things to know, players to know, names to know for Tulsa. Just give you a nice uh, a nice little primer there in segment two uh, to really get things going with Tulsa. But before we do that, before we do that, I thought you know the original plan was just to do all Tulsa this entire show. But tomorrow I think we'll do that. We'll see if anything interesting happens uh, between now and then but I'll toss it tomorrow but mostly toss it today I was gonna do a full Tulsa so and then I thought you know what I got this mailbag uh, I did this mailbag piece I thought it went pretty well got some good questions and maybe I can you know throw some out there in, in the uh, in the podcast do a fun little segment here something a little bit lighter to get us started. Before we dive into the uh, nitty-gritty with Tulsa. So we're going to do that uh, off the jump here. A little bit of mailbag. Some questions that you guys sent in to me. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. And head on over to iTunes if you you know have a minute to spare. Find the podcast on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Drop a review if you want to as well. Uh, I appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that. Alright. That's the plan for the show. Let's get into it with the mailbag. Okay, so like I mentioned in the intro, got this mailbag here that I did at SpartansWire, Spartanswire.usatoday.com. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll do the mailbag, maybe I'll just do Tulsa stuff. And then I was like, you know, more people listen to this podcast than read the uh the the mail than read the mailbag so far. So Uh, there are a number of you, a great number of you listening right now who have not read the actual mailbag piece. And so I figured ah, I'll give it to you in audio form, uh, sort of cliff notes version here, like I've been doing with some of my pieces using them dual purpose, but, uh, got some questions here that I think are, you know, Tulsa relevant and, uh, interesting and or funny. So we'll start here, uh, with a question from Corey Lindsner. Uh, Corey asks, if you had to give up fireball or beer for tailgates, which would it be and why? Uh, Unfortunately, this will be my first year uh, since I started, uh, really even before I started going to Michigan State. First year in a long time that I will not be doing a single tailgate. Uh, As a credentialed media member now, I don't think I'm allowed to partake in the pregame festivities. Uh, It's weird. And it's almost like surreal, like, really? You're going to give me a a me a badge to go sit in the press box? Um, speaking of that, I'll be writing uh, gamers and all that for SpartansWire, SpartansWire.usatoday.com. All sorts of, you know, good uh, content coming out of the games from actually being there, being in the locker room. Or not in the locker room, but being in the press area talking to players. Um and all that so look out for that for sure but yeah not tailgating this year so it's kind of a hypothetical question at least as long as I'm in the media as a credentialed member of the media but uh, I'll answer it in the hypothetical I'm giving up fireball for sure um I'm a casual drinker even when I'm going to tailgates I'm not getting too rowdy it's not my vibe um More than happy to be supportive in your endeavors if you're ripping shots of fireball or whatever the uh, the case might be at tailgate. That's your scene. That's awesome. It's not my uh thing, so I'm usually just enjoying a casual beer, uh, or two or three. You know, just having a good time, eating some food, playing bags, playing um, you know, whatever games we got there. Uh, watching some TV if someone's got a hookup and just you know drinking some beer and, and and enjoying myself. Um. In college, that wasn't quite the case, uh, and I elaborate on that a little bit. So if you want to hear the rest of that story, uh, head on over to the piece. Look at me, teasing things. Joe Wilson asks, better chance of MSU football winning the Big Ten or Michigan State basketball going through the entire Big Ten slate, Big Ten tournament included, with less than three conference losses? Um. I think there's a chance, a, a decent chance Michigan State could go 18-2 and two in the Big Ten. Adding in the tournament makes it weird because that's almost, like, fickle. Like, really? Like, maybe they kind of mail it in for a game in the tournament like it's happened before. Uh, we don't know what will be at stake kind of with the tournament. But I, I, I think there's a better chance the basketball team goes 18-2 and two in the regular season than the football team wins the conference. Um, I think just more has to go right for the football team to win the conference. Although I do think they have a chance. Maybe basketball, I, I don't know the numbers, 15%, 12% of going 18-2, um, maybe pushing 20%, whereas the football team has like 7 to 10% chance of winning the Big Ten, which is still a chance. It's still a decent chance, but you know, Ohio State is taken up the, uh, the biggest chunk. Michigan's taking up a big chunk. And then between Wisconsin, Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan State, maybe even Iowa, you're kind of spreading out the, uh, the last bits there. So yeah, that's the, uh, the thoughts on that. Blake Drippen, uh, who on Twitter was laughing that I put Blake Drippen for his name because that's his Twitter name instead of his real name asks, how worried should we be about the offensive line? I'm thinking we should be very worried. Tell me I'm overreacting. Uh, I told him you're overreacting a little. Uh, right now on a scale of one to the, this is fine meme. I'm a, I'm at a six, right? The dog surrounded by fire. This is fine. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm at a six. Um, and so there's certainly concern there a little bit more than average concern. Um, there are good players on this line, good football players. We don't know if they can be a good line, a good unit, because we haven't seen them play together enough. We've seen them all play in different combinations, um, in and out of lineups, guys getting hurt, guys switching spots. We just haven't seen them, you know, a top six or seven unit, you know, top five guys and then your reserves who are in for injuries or, you know, can seamlessly sort of step in. We just haven't seen it yet. And if they can get six or seven guys to be healthy for most of the season, uh, I think it can end up being a pretty decent line. And if Cole Chewens can be healthy, um, that's, that's even better, but even, you know, despite his back issues, I think it can still be, uh, a good line. Uh, Sheehan, good old Sheehan asks, if D'Antonio didn't answer it, I'll make you do it. Why should I be afraid of Tulsa? And ballpark estimate, how many white calls will be consumed in East Lansing this Friday? I said for the white Claws, 687,592. And that's just at Matt's tailgate. Not sure about campus wide numbers, but there will be plenty of white Claws consumed in East Lansing. Uh, I don't think you should be. She- I don't think you should be afraid of Tulsa. Flatly, um, it's Tulsa. They were three and nine. They've won five games their last two seasons. Uh, things aren't going very well for them. Although they could be a little bit better this year, but I'm not afraid of them. I don't think you should be. Uh, here's the the case for Tulsa um, presenting problems. They have scheme. They have tempo, and those are. You know, that that Baylor offense is something that's given Michigan State some issues in the past. They've got two really good backs, um, and if their quarterback play can be somewhat competent, last year was a disaster. If it can be somewhat competent, you know, Tulsa has a path to 24 points, and if Michigan State is just a disaster offensively, can't get out of their own way, you know, you could start getting uh, a little bit nervous there. All right going to break right here. There are plenty more questions in the mailbag, but I got to leave something for you to read, including uh, where I would take Mark D'Antonio out to lunch. Um, for a fa- If I had to take Mark D'Antonio to a fast food restaurant, which is it? And what do I order to gain his respect? So you can find my well thought out answer to that. I also talk about some schematic things with Michigan State defensively, a little bit more on Cole Chewins, um, and some other questions, a Brand Lewerke question as well. So definitely check that out, spartanswire.usatoday.com. Uh, let's take a break. When we get back, we will talk some more about Tulsa, some stats, some things you need to know about this team. Guys, football is back. Been telling you all week, if you want to get to Spartan Stadium This Friday, if you want to watch Michigan State take on the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes and you need tickets, you need to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price. Look for seats in the specific section or row of your choice, all in the easy-to-use Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. For the month of August... You can earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases. Through the Vivid Seats app, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. And with Vivid Seats, of course, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That is promo code KICKOFF100 for a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. And let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. And the NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire regular NFL season. You'll get a special episode every Wednesday as your local host brings in the out-of-town host host the opponent host, and they do a crossover episode uh, exchanging information, talking about the excitement of the game, talking points, uh, keys to the game, all that good stuff that you get from these nice crossover episodes like we're kind of doing here for uh, Segment 3. You can get it all on Crossover Wednesdays. Subscribe to your favorite team wherever you get podcasts. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's uh, continue on here talking a little bit about Tulsa. Uh, this, Some of the stuff you can find in my uh, story today, top, or not top storylines. I already did top storylines. Excuse me. Get to know the opponent, Tulsa Golden Hurricanes, at spartanswire.usatoday.com. Um, so just the, the broad strokes here. Tulsa went three and nine last season, two and six in the American Athletic Conference. Philip Montgomery is their head coach. He's in his fifth season. He's twenty one and twenty nine overall. He came to Tulsa off of being the offensive coordinator for Baylor, the Baylor team that Michigan State beat in the Cotton Bowl. You know, right after that Cotton Bowl, uh, Philip Montgomery left for uh, Tulsa. So a lot of Baylor. In this scheme, a lot of Baylor, uh, and we will talk about some of the positives and negatives of that in a little bit. Last year, they scored 24.1 points per game, and they gave up 29.6 points per game, and their projected record this season, uh, according to SP Plus, is 5-7. and seven. They are projected to finish as the 95th best team in the country per SP Plus, which is it used to be S and P+, plus, but now that Bill Connolly has moved to ESPN, it is SP+. plus. Uh, it is essentially a catch-all measurement of offense and defense and per-play efficiency and getting into plus situations uh, in the red zone, getting into plus situations on third down. It's like a huge measurement uh, that takes into account all these different factors and it kind of measures how a team would stack up to the average college football team. That season. So, if you hear me reference SP Plus, that is what I'm talking about. Uh, So, super up and down for Montgomery at Tulsa. Uh, He took over. They went six and uh, six and seven, I think. Lost the bowl game. Next season, went ten and three. So, nice jump up there. Followed that up by going two and ten and three and nine last season. So, five and nineteen in their last two seasons. Uh, Not great. They do have two strong running backs, uh, and that's where I want to start. They've got. Uh, Corey Taylor and Shamari Brooks, uh, they're both on the watch list for the Doak Walker Award combined for more than 1,800 yards last season, Uh, although it was on pretty limited efficiency, uh, 4.2 yards per carry for Brooks, 4.8 per carry for Corey Taylor, so... You know, two guys who are prolific runners, and I, I do ask uh, Dakota about that in the next segment. I'll let him expand on them. But two good runners, two runners that have the attention of their opponents, um, but not the most efficient run game out of that. Uh, the pass game is where Tulsa is really um, searching for answers, and Zach Smith is the guy who we're expecting to see at quarterback. He is a transfer from Baylor. Was recruited to Baylor uh, by Montgomery. Played 10 games, I believe, at Baylor, uh, and was, you know, up and down a little bit as a freshman, uh, but did some nice things, had some big games, transfers to Tulsa, um, and, and they need a, a jump from the quarterback spot. Uh last year they completed as a team fifty-three point nine percent of their passes for 177 yards per game and about like six point four yards per attempt. So it's not like they were not throwing it at all, and that's the why that numbers like that. They were inefficient, as could be uh, in the past game, through 13 touchdowns against 10 interceptions uh, as a team. So Zach Smith looks to be a big upgrade there. We'll see uh, how much of an upgrade he is and what kind of player he is, but there is at least a decent uh, pedigree there. In terms of scheme, you've probably heard mention of Baylor before this podcast but yes Philip Montgomery O coordinator at Baylor and they do a lot of similar things they run tempo they run zone reads they run RPO Uh, it's it's a lot of pace a lot of space and they're really coming at you and we know that's given Michigan State some trouble at times in the past and we also know if you don't have the guys to do it and you go three and out in 45 seconds, that's really bad for your defense. And so we could see a little bit of both. I think Tulsa could get some things going, could hit a big play, could have some uh, sustained drives that go quickly, you know, six plays, 70-yard touchdown drive in two minutes and 15 seconds with a big pass play mixed in there, something like that. You know, they, they can find a touchdown and a drive like that over an entire game. Um, but there are going to be three and outs that are going to go really quickly. And Michigan State, I think, can use that uh, to their advantage. Uh, D'Antonio talked uh, at the. Um, press conference how they've been running three huddles three scout team huddles at the defense in a way to prepare and it's something they've done in the past and I'm sure they're doing it all week just play after play after play trying to get plays off in 10 seconds running different huddles at the defense so they have to you know be ready for that and just keep going and going and going so uh it'll be interesting to see sort of how that matches up I think ultimately um you know, when you have a, a talent disadvantage going faster, even though that's your identity, uh, it can ultimately lead to bad things because that is more plays that your inferior talent uh, is stacking up against uh, superior talent. Uh, they were the least explosive offense in the AAC last season, Tulsa was, uh, per isolated points per possession uh, or points per play. ISO PPP, (laughs) it is a measure of explosiveness on successful plays. Um, And that's a conference that includes uh, Connecticut, East Carolina, Tulane, some really, you know, not awesome football teams. And so finishing as the least explosive offense is not great for them because it's going to be tough for them to sustain drives against Michigan State. They're middle of the pack in the conference inefficiencies, thanks to the run game, but again, It's going to be hard for them to establish that run game for Michigan State. Um, Tulsa's going to have to hit some big passes. Uh, That is certainly going to be a key for them. You know, quarterback's been a position of weakness. It's going to have to be a strength in this game. And that's a a tough thing to rely on when, you know, Tulsa hasn't even named a starter yet. We think it's going to be Zach Smith, but he hasn't played a game for them uh, yet. And this is a really tough environment to uh, go into. Uh, On defense, Uh, Tulsa not much better than the offense slightly they gave up 30 points per game uh, shredded on the ground 234 yards per game over five yards per carry that includes sack yardage Um, Tulsa didn't get a lot of sacks Um, but yeah they were absolutely shredded on the ground slightly better against the pass but that's because teams didn't have to throw on them a lot because they were beating Tulsa a lot and you can if you can gash a team on the ground and get ahead of them you don't really have to throw on them a ton so finished 96th and SP plus defense, which is uh bottom 15% of worst defenses in the country. They run a three, three, five, which uh, is a nickel back on every play or their base defense has a nickel back. So it's a smaller defense. Um, you know, they may use four down linemen more often than they typically would, um, use a linebacker as sort of a down lineman as well. Kind of a hybrid type situation, uh, because Michigan state will bring some power. will bring some beef to the line. Um, but it's a chance for Michigan State to establish that run game when you naturally have uh, three down linemen and only three linebackers and five defensive backs. You can bring a little bit of power at that, and I think Michigan State might do that. We'll see how uh, things play out tactically there. Uh, Tulsa, a total of 14 sacks last season. Uh, they don't have dynamic playmakers on the line. They've got a good secondary, some experience back there, and some solid football players. Um, but that's about it in terms of, where they're uh, going to make hay on the defensive side of the ball. They're projected to be the 80th best defense, according to SP+, which is um, you know still pretty well below average for Division I. Their punter, Thomas Bennett, was a Ray Guy finalist last year, and I think that's good because they're going to need him uh, a lot. So this game uh, really comes down to uh, Michigan State uh, more so than Tulsa. It's about what Michigan State does. Uh, If they come out, play average, anything above average, uh, shouldn't be any issues. Uh, But, you know, Tulsa does have some equalizers in schematics, a couple good players that we do know about and a little bit of a mystery with some other guys on the field like the quarterback. So uh, we'll talk more about Tulsa, get into more specifics tomorrow. For now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we'll have Dakota Gregory from Tulsa World join the show to tell us more about the team that he covers every day. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. All right, welcome back to Locked On Spartans. I'm very happy to be joined now by Dakota Gregory. Dakota's a TU beat writer for Tulsa World. Um newspaper out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dakota, thanks for doing this. Uh, how are you doing today?
0: Thanks for having me. I'm great. Um, how are you?
1: Doing all right. Uh, first, are you going to be able to make the trip, or is that too tough? Because that's a, that's a long trip from Tulsa up to Michigan.
0: Um, unfortunately, I won't be making it. I was kind of a, a late addition this summer, so mm-hmm. covered it before me, and now she's our college football writer. So okay. she, she's still on staff here. i already had that trip booked. So she will be there for us Friday night.
1: Right on. I was going to give you some recommendations, but you don't need them. Um, Maybe next time these two play. Uh, So these two schools have never played each other. Uh, A lot of Michigan State fans don't really know a ton about Tulsa. You know, it's a smaller Uh program uh, out in Oklahoma. What uh, can you tell them just about the last couple of years of Tulsa football uh, under head coach Philip Montgomery?
0: Um, well, the last couple of years has definitely been a struggle. Um, they won three games last year and two games the year before. Um, the The third – three years ago, they won 10 games. They went 10-3 and three under Montgomery, been downhill since then. So, this is definitely, you know, his fifth year. It's kind of the year where he's on the hot seat. So, it's kind of mm-hmm. um, maybe the year where he's kind of got to play for his job in a way where, you know, if he starts Zach Smith, that quarterback, that's his guy because he recruited him while he was at Baylor because Montgomery comes from Baylor. So, um as far as the last couple of years, this is definitely a big year for Montgomery and Pulse as a program because of their past failures. Mm-hmm. And
1: we're Philip, or we're familiar with Philip Montgomery from his days at Baylor. The two, uh, Baylor and Michigan state played in that uh, exciting cotton bowl game a handful mm-hmm. of years ago. Uh, is it similar kind of, uh, schematically to what
0: Baylor would run? Yeah, definitely. They're going to try to, you know, run as many plays as they can. And, um, he relies on a run heavily, which I don't know if that's a lot by choice or by kind of has to. He has two great running backs. Um, the line's a little shaky, but you do have great running backs. And the last couple of years, he's struggled at quarterback. Um, and then this year, um, they have a quarterback battle, which whoever they throw out there is going to be better than what they've had in the past. But they do. They're going to hurry up. They're going to run the ball a lot. But he likes to, you know, take some shots downfield, too. And if Zach Smith starts, that's a guy who he can take a lot of his shots down, Smith or down the field for it. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Zach Smith
1: real quick here. So Tulsa hasn't named a quarterback yet. Mark D'Antonio says he thinks it's going to be Zach Smith, uh, the transfer from Baylor. Mm -hmm. What has that quarterback battle been, and what does someone like Zach Smith bring to the table?
0: Uh, Well, it's technically been between three guys, um, Zach Smith, Seth Boomer, and Davis Perrin, but it's pretty much been up to Zach Smith and Seth Boomer. Um, Seth Boomer started the last eight games of the season last year as a freshman, um, and of course, Zach Smith was sitting out um, after transferring from Baylor, but he started 10 games there. So even though, he, you know, he's a new guy at Tulsa, he brings experience, even more experience than uh, Seth Boomerwood, last year starter. So you have a guy who started 10 games at a power five program. Um, he threw like 400 yards. Toma who was number three at the time. Um, so he has that experience. He's known for his arm. I mean, he, He has a great arm on him. Um, He can struggle sometimes the short, medium game on those routes. Um, Montgomery's mentioned he's trying to get him caught up. More of the mental thing, he knows all the physical traits are there because of his arm, because of his talent, Um, but more of the mental of getting the offense, knowing reads before the play. Um, So I think if he has that all figured out, he's a guy who can definitely, you know, it's kind of just a big play waiting to happen for Tulsa.
1: Mm-hmm. And getting that going will help a run game that has been pretty strong. And like you mentioned, relied upon a couple of uh, Doak Walker Award watch list guys mm-hmm. in that backfield. Uh, just tell me about what they bring to the table, their different skill
0: sets. Um, they're kind of the perfect combo for each other. Shamari Brooks is kind of there. He, you know, led the team in rushing yards last year. He's going to shake a tackler. He's going to run around the corner and kind of beat you with this um, speed. And Corey Taylor didn't have as many yards, but, you know, he had more touchdowns than Shamari Brooks. And he's more of a – he's a big dude. I mean, he's 5'10", 222 pounds, so he's going to try to run you over. And so they just – they go well with each other. They know their duty. It's not like either one is um, ever wanting the ball more or they're, you know, upset about sharing the ball. They know where they belong in the offense, and they know that it'll take both of them to get that running game going. And they know that without that running game, there's not much that Tulsa could – down offensively
1: Mm -hmm. and against a team like michigan state where you know tulsa's an american athletic conference team michigan state's big 10 preseason number 18 you would think there's going to be some Mm -hmm. sort of talent discrepancy they come into this game as as big underdogs what do they have to do like what's key in your mind for them to be able to keep this thing close and try to uh, pick up a big upset win
0: i think like that run game like we just talked about which honestly comes down to offensive line um, you know, they have, great, they have two great running backs who I think it could be at any level, but they're only returning two guys, two returning starters on the offensive line. And so there's some big holes there, and that's a big question mark. Um, you know, you hate to say before the season starts, they're going to struggle on the offensive line because you don't know. I mean, those guys could go out there and be great. However, the chances of you throwing three, you know, kind of newer guys out there who may have little to no experience They're probably going to struggle. They're going to be some growing pain. So, despite having that running game, having those running backs, it's going to be hard with the line. But, you know, say they go out there and the running or the offensive line is able to hold their own and, you know, give Corey Taylor and Shamari Brooks some space. And if TU can actually run the ball, mix with Zach Smith, if he can use that arm to, um, you know, have a big player too. You know, that's all it takes is for Mm -hmm. him to throw you know, a couple deep passes for a touchdown and he to kind of play or to just keep it close as soon as, you know, when maybe it looks like it's getting out of hand. But I think to answer your question, it comes down to the offensive line.
1: Yeah, and really for Michigan State, that's what we're going to be watching too. Uh We know the struggles they've had on offense the last few seasons with Michigan State. So that, yeah, I think if Tulsa can get some big plays and score a couple touchdowns that maybe, you know, weren't expected, uh, like a eighty yard pass or something like a big play, mm-hmm. then they can maybe keep this thing close if Michigan State sputters a bit offensively. Uh, how do you see this thing playing out? It's a it's a tough assignment for Tulsa traveling that far to play an mm-hmm. opponent like this with a lot of experience on both sides of the ball. It's a tough test for Tulsa. How do you see this thing playing out? Um, I mean, I
0: definitely see it playing in the Spartans' favor. Um, I think, like you said, that experience where. Tulsa has experience, and I think that experience going to come in handy form for a lot of the teams they play, especially in conference play. But that experience compared to the type of experience that Michigan State players have, just doesn't compare when you're playing teams like Ohio State and Michigan on a weekly basis. And um, TU is playing, yeah, they do have, you know, the Houston and UCF are good teams, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're playing Tulane, ECU. And those are just completely different environments. And so I think that's going to be a big part of it is even if they is able to keep it close, if their eyes get a little too big because they're not used to it, um, Michigan State could jump out on front pretty quickly. And, you know, Montgomery talked about at Thursday's press conference how, you know, he said, hey, we've played in big games before. We've played in big stadiums. They usually go and play at some decent-sized places every year. However, he said, you know, it is a new team. You know, every year you got new guys and a new team out there that you kind of have to do the same thing every year of, Hey, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't make this game bigger than what it is. And so that's kind of what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, definitely. uh, See it similarly. Some good points there. Yeah. Just, like you were saying, that's a it's a it's a big stadium. It's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be loud, and it's a big time opponent with a lot of big time game experience. So, uh, interesting game for our sake up here in uh in Michigan. We're hoping it's not too close. We don't like sweating season openers, but it always tends to happen with Michigan <laughs> State. So it it really might end up closer than maybe the talent would dictate. And you know, Tulsa's got some players. We're certainly aware of that, and we know the scheme has given Michigan State fits, especially when Baylor. Uh, was running it, that sort of stuff can be a great equalizer. So there's some interesting things to watch. Dakota, thanks so much for the time. He's Dakota Gregory, Tulsa football beat writer for Tulsa World. Uh, Really appreciate you making the time uh, and and providing some insight on Tulsa for us.
0: Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed
1: it. All right. Thanks so much to Dakota for joining the show. I know there was a couple spots there where his cell phone uh, went out a little bit. I edited kind of through it and, and, you know, not a ton of uh, major details missed there. The one thing that uh, was noteworthy is that he said Zach Smith threw for 400 yards against number three Oklahoma. That sort of wonked out there, and, and we missed that. But yeah, Zach Smith had a huge game against Oklahoma when he was at Baylor, and you know has shown the ability to make big plays. So that is uh, going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode uh, diving deep into Tulsa. The nitty-gritty full game preview, Michigan State taking on the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes coming at you tomorrow morning, so look forward to that. We will see you then.